Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. I'm Trisden. And I'm Ray. What we hope to do here is find a little bit of middle ground on some of these extremely polarizing social and political issues. Welcome everybody to Extreme Common Sense. What's up, Ray? Hello, Tristan. Man, good to see you. Back in studio again. In the studio. Each week we're tweaking, hoping to get there. Yeah, tweaking on drugs and the audio sound quality. Yeah, I have to remember to stop looking at you, which is not a bad advice, you know? I think when I turn away, I get away from the mic, and it sounds... So I I just... I'll pretend you're not even there, and I'll just talk. How's that? Yeah, it's just like we're uh, doing a phone interview with each other. Yeah, sort of. (laughs) Do you know uh, Terry Gross, NPR? Yeah, definitely. Okay, so her interviewing... uh, And she was one of the best. um, Fresh air. And her interviewing um, process was to... Never have the person in studio with her. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. And she did great interviews. So the person was in another studio. She felt, you know, to me, it's warmer to have the people in there. But to her, however she did it, I guess maybe she didn't want facial expressions getting in the way or I don't know. But yeah, that was her interview style. Interesting. My favorite thing about Terry Gross was if I'm listening to NPR driving around and I hear her do an interview with like an athlete that obviously she's not in like she doesn't follow athletics. So right. say for example, she's talking to like major league baseball player, Mike Trout and her questions are like, so Mike, you, you take a round wooden spherical object and swing it at the leather clad red wrapped. And it's just like, Oh, she doesn't know about sports, but she's, she's a genius and, and smart as a tack, but. Listening to her do sports interviews always cracked me up. I think you mixed your metaphors. It's sharp as a tack. What did I say? Short as a tack? Smart as a tack. Smart as a whip. Smart as a whip. Smart as a whip. Smart as a whip. Yeah. yeah. Whip smart. That's one of my favorite things. I love mixing the uh, mixing those. Mixing your, I think they're metaphors. Uh, yeah, but she is, a, she is a great interview. And by the way, Tristan, uh, I am going to leave my phone on. So if a spam call comes in, we're going to put them on the air. I like it. You had asked that last week, so we will attempt our best to put them on the air. <laughs> I'll piss somebody off, but hey, oh, yes, can I interest you? What was that, Pooh? Um, uh, Be careful, man. Careful. S- slushy with your Playboy, sir. <laughs> D- don't end up like Kanye, Ray. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, slushy with your Playboy. <laughs> Simpsons. I, I think Hank Azaria did all those voices. He did. I, and I think that he literally... I, cannot do Apu anymore. I think that oh, is, really? he, is, he is a victim of, if you can prefer to say victim of cancel culture or for the better, he, he cannot do that anymore. Okay. That's so that was a Simpsons thing. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. When did that happen? Man, he's, I don't know. Five, six years ago, maybe you will not tune into the Simpsons and hear Azaria do Apu. So did they eliminate the character or do they have an Indian person doing the character? That's a good question. I'm not sure. Or is the character gone? Wow. I, you know, there, I have some vague recollection of that, Tristan. Now, yeah. again, we really don't have topics and maybe that's why we have no listeners either. But is, <laughs> one listener per topic. Do you agree with that? I don't know. See, now I, I, I hear a lot of actors talk about this. Like you would never have Tom Hanks be able to play the role he played in the movie Philadelphia because he was playing portraying a gay man with AIDS. Now, I will say this. I signed, Isn't that what acting is? You stole it from my mouth. Exactly. Like, look, <laughs> you can't... What's the point of acting if every person is literally playing, you know, themselves? Like, there has to be some ability to act as somebody else. And might I add, he won an Academy Award for it. He did an amazing job. It's a tremendous movie, and it's... Uh, oh, man, I don't, I, don't, I don't get it. I'm sorry. No, I, I'm with you. I, I think that's where, it, you know, one of the ways... And you can look at a lot of... Minutia and comedy and acting that it, it does overreach and it does go too far. I think liberals, though well-intentioned many times, they just take it too far. Okay, so that's great. So I, I kiddingly said we had no topic. I had said to you earlier that I thought a great thing for us to do now that we're over a year into this is to revisit why we started to do this in the first place. And I think we should do that because it segues nicely with that conversation. But let's talk a little bit about our sponsors and then we can get into that. 
Yeah, man. Oh, I've got a great story for, for our An Aaron story. Uh, great Aaron story today. This is absolutely true. And he's not been listening, so he probably won't listen. I mean, he's not been listening. Uh, yeah, I'm telling you, he gives us money and he doesn't listen now. So uh, he listens when he can. He has my fear is that's all of our listeners, Tristan. You know what? That, Thankfully, we've got each other. That loyal 40 listeners, they just will not turn away. I looked at the numbers before we came. You so. think it's 40? Yeah, 40 a show. I mean, how about that? <laughs> um, but I've got two clients who are actually own pawn shops through my day job. And I was trying to call. One you can mention and one you can't. Right. I, of course, can mention Aaron with Berea Pawn. I will not mention the other one. But the, the other guys run like three ads with me a year. Now, I happen to know they're a bit of con. Um, shoot. They're in. Conservatives? No, no, no. They. Compete with Aaron a little bit. So they're oh, competitive yeah, sure. businesses. Well, sure. And I th- not to say there was bad blood, but I think in the beginning of this business, there, you know, there were a couple issues. So I actually, and the name sounds similar to Bree Upon. So I had accidentally called Aaron while trying to call this other business. And so Aaron took the call, like, what do you mean you're asking for this other guy? So he realized I was making a oh, sales call with the other. So, the, you know, again, egg on my face, knowing that they're not friends. Ah. And yeah, so kind of a douche move. Anyway, thanks to our sponsor, Aaron, uh, with Berea Pond. We thank you so much for yes, indeed. putting up with the uh, accidental calls and uh, everything else. I bought a pretty cool, I always talk about a lot of the cool stuff they have for sale. But this week, and this is a true story. I bought a full-size Mortal Kombat arcade game. No, nice. Why do I need that? But I just, he got it in, and he's so cheap. And I said, I've always inexpensive, wanted Inexpensive, inexpensive. Well, exactly. You're much, you're better at this. You should go into radio and yeah, marketing. Um, but yes, very inexpensive, full-size arcade game of Mortal Kombat. And I said, look, That's I'm cool. just going to buy that. I just need that for some reason. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> just the coolest stuff. He's got a lot of furniture, a lot of great stuff. And he's not the other guys, which is a nice lesson for me. And I take it that you are a fan of Mortal Kombat? I like it well enough. Yeah. You know, I've just learned as I get older, sometimes I'm just not the best with money. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I like it well enough. I, you know, I think I always thought it would be cool to have a arcade game at your house, and you picked one up, and I said, yeah, I need that. I would assume you'd be good with money half of the time. That's probably about right. The Irish half. I'm good enough to buy lots of beer with my money. <laughs> now, is that politically incorrect? Yeah, probably. Yeah, but it's kind of funny. Sure. All right. And let me thank Daniel, who I was chatting with a little late, uh, a little while while you were running late. I texted Driz and said, I'm running late. He got here after me. So that's cool. But Dan is a little frazzled because he's got to do some new computer softwares. Um, and, and so he was, um, I was going to bring him a CBD drink, Dan being the owner of, uh, Bad Wolf Gaming, Gaming, where we're actually broadcasting from. He's been gracious enough to give us a space that we've attempted to turn into a studio. And I think with each broadcast, each podcast, we're getting closer, but, um, I was going to bring him a CBD drink, Tristan, that we've gotten. These are legal now in Kentucky. Who knew? They're hemp derivatives. And uh, I've had a couple, 25, 30 milligrams of CBD, and there's certainly no high. There is zero THC in them, but they're a nice, mellow kind of feeling. Bring me one. I'll, I'll buy one from you. I, I need to try to, it. Ah, you don't have to buy it. I'll, I'll let the company buy it. They don't listen, do they? I like it. But uh, yeah, we'll, <laughs> Even better. Uh, I'll bring a couple. I, I'll have to remember to bring, they, they come in a 12-pack, so I'll bring three or four. We can drink them on the air. Ooh, that'd be fun. Because there's no, yeah, there's no yeah. there's no buzz. Like it's a, it's a, a grape flavor. It's a, There's grape cherry. The one is just a seltzer water. And, um, you know, they're near as I can tell. They do sort of give you a nice little feeling, take the edge off. Can't beat that. So Yeah, yeah nice. So thanks to uh, Aaron at... At, uh, I was going to say Aaron at Bad Wolf. Aaron at Bray Pond. And <laughs> Just don't thank the other pond, please. Daniel at <laughs> Bad Wolf. Yeah. So thanks to those guys. And of course, um, got, got to thank our man, Troy. Yes, sir. Uh, with Front Porch Studios, guys, if you, if you like, um, actually, we, it probably makes more sense to say if you don't like the content, but, uh, oftentimes like, uh, what, what you hear, what actually makes it to broadcast. Uh, we owe everything that sounds good to Troy Price. Everything that sounds bad is 100% our fault. But uh, you need to check him out if you've got any interest in doing any type of podcast and you have any questions. He's a great uh, starting point. He's a great point man to talk to. Again, if, if you feel like this is something you want to do, you got to talk to Troy at uh, FrontPorchStudios.com. And again, there's also a lot of cool things on the website to check out. I don't want to get it wrong, but I think he has a deal with Expedia that is... Uh, 
allows you to get some cheap travel, and then he gets a little kickback from travel. that too. Yeah, I use the word cheap. Yeah, inexpensive <laughs> well, in the is case better. Of, in, that in is the, true. Well, actually, in the case of travel, probably cheap. So. Yeah. yeah, inexpensive if you're talking about purchasing something. But yes, Fair enough. And, and of course, Nate at Stoveleg Media. Uh, Nate, we appreciate you and uh, all your help as well. So thanks, guys. You're not going to bust him about not charging anymore for. No, he's he's going to do slightly less, but he's not charging us anymore for that. So that again, very much appreciated. I'd like to tell my clients that at work, guys. This is what I'm, this is what my guarantee: less work, more money. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. That is funny. Um, okay, so I had this idea that you and I probably now a year in need to revisit why we came up with this idea. I always kid, only half kid really, and say that this uh, podcast, Extreme Common Sense, nominated out of... Uh, nominated? No, that's not the right word. Developed? Yeah, something nominated. The hell did I come, <coughs> come up with that? Because we're nominated for an Academy Award. I, I actually listened to myself. Um it developed, yeah, that's good, out good of um, chats and conversations I had in the office with coworkers because I really don't do a whole lot. And that's sort of half true. But, you know, you and I talked a little bit about how um, just uh, there's so little representation of either side. You have to be tribal one camp or the other and make sure you beat the other guy to death. And if he Politically, has, yes. Yeah. Politically and, and even culturally, Tristan. And if, and if he has an idea, then obviously it's wrong if you don't have the same idea. And then sometimes in listening back, so that was kind of our goal. And then sometimes in listening back, it occurs to me that perhaps we have either moved from that a little bit or, or maybe we align ourselves too much with our left-leaning politics. And I think that um, it comes across a little bit that maybe we're beating up the right and we don't necessarily want to do that. Um, and, and maybe it's time to say, you know, two weeks out from an election that both sides have have good ideas. Well, yeah, Ray, I think part of the problem with American politics and culture, to your point, is it feels like most of the folks who engage in politics are, they're 100% right, and the other guys are fucking morons. Right. And I think you and I have sort of tried to tackle this notion that, look, we can both be right. There's not a right and a wrong. Now, there are particular issues that... You know, like us Christians might say that on abortion, they're 100 percent right. And, you know, they truly feel that way. Like I feel like as a Democrat on January 6th, I'm 100 percent right. But other than a few issues that probably there's not going to be a lot of common ground on, I think there's a, a much bigger gray area than the than the left leaning and right leaning bubbles give America credit for. Every time I talk to a Republican, every time I talk to Aaron, honestly, one of the things that comes up a lot is he will say, but Democrats aren't like you. And I'm like, Aaron, they're just like me. Like most Democrats aren't, you know, the these far left uh, representations that are, you know, just wildly inaccurate that the right wants to throw you. And the same, you know, for the Republicans, the people on the most of the people on the right are not QAnon, you know, conspiracy theorists that believe Democrats eat babies. Like, look, we're viewing in our media cycle, these versions of Democrats and these versions of Republicans, depending on which side of the aisle you're on, that are completely inaccurate. So I think the more we can come in and have a good conversation with the Republican and they can have a conversation with us, the better it is culturally. I mean, you know, we're not making a dent in, in, the, in the culture of the world, but I think we are leading by example in that, look, we can both be right. Yeah, and the perceptions become reality. And I've, as you've often said, the uh, D after the name is just a deal breaker for so many people. And of course, the great irony to that is you go back 50 years and it was, well, 70, 80 years, FDR was elected four times on the heels of Demo Southern Democrats voting for him. You know, the South was solidly Democratic because Lincoln was a Republican. But that's all changed, I guess, on cultural issues. And now, have you ever watched, have you done your homework yet and watched Gutfeld? Man, I have. I've, okay. I've watched so, three episodes. Uh, what'd so you far. think? It was interesting. Yeah, I will say this for the show. I didn't really find it funny. You know, no, he's terribly unsay. He tries. He, yeah, he tries. But, but, and, and you could, and I'll say the same thing about Stephen Colbert on the left. I think Colbert's probably smarter, but, you know, he doesn't crack me up either. So, I mean, I think a lot of these late night talk show formats, it's, you know, it's not rolling right. in the aisles. With laughter. So he wasn't funny. I felt like, you know, he takes his shots at the left. Obviously, that's sort of the base of the show. It is. But I will say it wasn't like he was just, you know, he wasn't just murdering Democrats and just really going after people. 
So I, oh, I you was, didn't think so? I didn't think so. I, you know, I felt like, again, a lot of little shots, you know, maybe death by a thousand pinpricks. Okay. But not like, you know, I didn't get the overwhelming sense of like, he's just, you know, laser focused on, you know, just how awful Democrats are. So maybe what, I think they more, it's more of a, how stupid the Democrats are. They're at it again, more so than, I don't know, vilifying. But it's definitely everybody. in us and them. Mentality, oh, there's right? yeah, yeah, there's not a lot of they don't bring in a you know a, a voice from the middle for sure. No, no, because he had Harold Ford on one night, who is the uh, former congressman from Tennessee, who I think is on the panel of the five. He's the lone Democratic voice. Used to be Juan Williams, or maybe Juan's still there too. And he came on that show, and I actually chuckled because uh, uh, Congressman Ford Harold Harold Ford went on a. Probably three minute, you know, little spiel about what Democrats were doing, how they were doing this and that. And Gutfeld said, okay, so we'll be editing that from the show. <laughs> you know, so it was obvious. No, they really don't want that other side um, right. seen. But I'm sure there's people who would say, you know, there's folks on the left that don't want to hear anything about what the right's doing. Yeah. And if, and if you're comparing that to a Colbert, which to me is a much more polished TV show, at least. Yeah. It's not very polished. Gutfeld. Yeah. I mean, gutfeld has got like a, it's note, like that a notebook kind of round Sharpie table. on it. Yeah. yeah. It's not. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the same thing. Colbert's not trying to, to reach through the aisle to, to bring a lot of uh, moderate voices in, in, in my opinion. But I will say this also. A lot of the left-leaning shows are very much probably to where we stand, very open to Republican ideals, not open to the QAnon Trump crowd at this point. Not even the Trump crowd, but the Trump personally, Trump as president again, Trump running again. Yeah, so maybe part of the problem is that there's not enough people on the left putting down, you know, not not to say putting down, but pointing out the problems with far left ideology. And maybe there's not enough people on the right doing the same with far right ideology. So we get to look at everybody on the right, which includes good folks like Aaron associated with QAnon. And they get to look at you as, you know, associated with that. And I don't know why they pick on AOC. I don't think she's any radical. You know, it's the people that want to. You know, culture, uh, uh, cancel, cancel culture. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cancel culture. And, you know, woke is a word that doesn't even have any meaning now because it's overused. Um, but you know, the, the, uh, thought that if you have a D after your name, you know, you just have to be some kind of terrible person trying to take all the val- middle American values away, I guess is where we're at with Republicans. I mean, I guess that's what, when you say, you get more of a feeling from gut felt of like, oh, here go those Democrats again. Is that what it is that they just think that they're trying to change the culture somehow? Well, certainly that, I, you know, but that's one of many things I feel like that they are able to, to demonize the left with. It's, you know, again, I think we've saw this huge battle with abortion and I've, I've always said on the show, I think that was always the big one. But uh, but yeah, I mean, certainly culturally, you know, where the left probably stands with more LGBTQ plus issues, um, you know, transgender folks and the, the transgender bathroom issues. Um, they definitely don't like where culture is just going. And look, this is, it can be political or it can not be folks are going to continue to be themselves. So there's no way we're putting, you know, homosexuals and transgender folks back to the 1950s. Look, you can make America as great as you want again, People are they're here and they're queer and, you know, time to get used to it. So I don't know. So some of this cultural stuff, yes, they want to put on the, the left, but it's just where society's going. But, I mean, you talk a lot about how there's so much that we can all agree on. And, and I fully agree with that. And I guess for a long time I didn't want to beat the media up. But now I'm sort of on that bandwagon of, you know, uh, the old saying, if it bleeds, it leads. But that was more about the news. Now it's just become such a blending of entertainment and news that it's really difficult to, you know, it's it's difficult to not lay some blame on Fox, MSNBC, et cetera. That being said, are we two Americas? Because I think about that a lot. And I the only conclusion I can co- come up with is yes, even while agreeing with your point that 80% or 70% of people could agree on a vast majority of issues. In some ways, it's, you know, it's tribal and you have to be in one camp or the other. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's, to me, it's almost like the social media narrative. It's like 
You get to be somebody else when you're on Facebook or Twitter. That's not exactly reality. Just like when you get to boycott all these things and cancel all these things. And that's both sides. That's not just one side. But to me, the narrative is you kind of have to choose and you have to get on one side. Or you know what? If people just don't fucking talk about it and go to work, you meet at the factory and you get a day's work in. If you don't happen to talk about politics, you'd never know. It's not like... You know, to get through the course of a day, you need to have a stance on Kanye West. It just happens to be that what the media is telling you is it's, you know, so you it's do really divided. I think it's media. more in our minds than reality. Yeah, it's more on TV. It's more on Facebook. I don't think the reality of, of the, the political divide is that great. I think it's, Man. it's perpetuated by media. I, yeah, it's certainly perpetuated by media, but it is pretty great right now. I mean, it, it, it just is. I mean, we're in an election season and that could be playing a role, but that divide is, it's pretty intense. But where do you see it if you're not having a discussion about it? I don't know. It just seems to be everywhere, you know? Um, I mean, just a small example. There's this, uh, fella at Galaxy who's a semi regular, very nice guy. We were talking the other day and he said, told me that he worked at Toyota. And has been there 24 years and he's, you know, in his mid fifties. And he said, I was thinking about maybe an early retirement. This is exactly what he said. And I've never had one political discussion with this individual. We talk a lot of sports and we talk just life. Uh, I have no idea what his politics are, but I think he gave me a little clue when he said, you know, I was thinking about retirement, but then that fucking Biden came in and my 401k just took a dive. Well, it's not really fucking Biden. It's the world going through this. But that's obviously how he sees it. Um, and that's and the so- narrative. Like, again, if you're on the right, the narrative on every bit of news you see is yeah, fucking Biden's ruined your 401k. Biden's caused inflation. Biden this, Biden that. Which, look, and I said it about Trump and COVID. When you're the man in charge, you do shoulder a lot of that responsibility now. If it was just Biden's fault, would it be the entire world that is having a, you know, leading towards a recession or having inflation problems? No, it would just be America. But, you know, you're, you're not going to get that through the heads of people that want to blame Biden. Look, he's a scapegoat for the right. And of course, he will continue to be. Yeah. And I think that oftentimes and this is where I guess in listening back to our podcast, I say, I'll oh, see now you kind of took a shot there and your whole purpose of this was to attempt to see both sides. <sighs> But I don't know how to say this without perhaps offending some people. To me, and the beauty to Fox News is that they'll tell you it's exactly the opposite of this. But to me, and I would ask your opinion as two guys who do spend some time reading and writing and obviously talking about politics, it's a lot of low information voters. The Fox News audience is made up of people that have their minds made up and don't want anything to interfere with that. And oftentimes... That's who Hannity, Carlson, and the Gutfeld kid talked to. Uh, let me say this. I, I would have probably agreed with you pre-2016. I th- and, and you can tell me if I'm splitting hairs. I think they're high information voters on the right, but they're high their information from Fox. Well, that to me is the same thing. Okay. To me, so that's, they're, but they're, yeah, they're not the getting the full thing. picture yeah. of yeah. the reality because I, they're only hearing the parsed. And I, and I may come on here and, and beat up Hannity and, and, be, and beat up Carlson and Gutfeld, but I've watched them. I've listened to them. I know of where I speak. Do they have any idea what Rachel Maddow talks about? Chris Hayes talks about? No. I don't think they have any idea what they talk about or any other, you know, left-leaning news sources. Have they ever read an article from Mother Jones? I've read many an article from the American Spectator. So I think that's the difference. And I'm not here pinning medals on myself, breaking my arm, patting myself on the back. But those low-information voters, I think, are just there for Fox to pull in. And once they have them, they know they're never going to leave them. It's why Gutfeld works. Because he's appealing to exactly those particular people who don't want to hear another viewpoint. True. But as people that now are in central Kentucky, we see a lot of those people. I'm reminded every time I visit California and walk into a grocery store and see somebody, you know, that's probably making $9 an hour. Not that there's anything wrong with that. 
but that you know wants to shit on Kentucky and how stupid we all are. And I'm like, well, that's you know, true. but yeah. you're, you're you know, no offense, but you're, you're on the low end of that food chain out there, and then you're so much better and smarter than the state of Kentucky. So look, we we've got our folks that you know are only going to watch the Daily Show, that are only going to watch Rachel Maddow. So again, that, now I, I do think I, I, well, I, I think mean, there's that, studies that show that our side probably does a little more reading, yeah, and probably from better educated tough, places often. Okay, so that so that's a difficult thing for two reasons. One is uh, because you don't want to, when you state that, you sound like an elitist asshole. I get that. But the other thing is, um, if you're if you're trying to gather more information and look at more sources, then you're obviously going to be a little broader in your view and people don't really want to hear that that are watching Fox. I mean, I just don't think they do. So it, it, it's just, it, we always seem to come back here. I, I often say there's so many parts of my life that are conservative uh, when it comes to money, when it comes to raising children, uh, using your manners, being polite, saying thank you, you're welcome, please, please, and you know, please and thank you. Um, and those are conservative values. Those are wholesome values. And they shouldn't be pinned on one person or the other. Hopefully, they're, they just had a big laugh if you heard that word. in a studio that is not quite soundproof. It's because I'm naked and they saw me. <laughs> See, I'm looking straight at the mic now. That's so, right. You so missed I, it. Because I, I haven't seen that. That's right. right. But it's just difficult to, um, to square, you know, to square those round holes, right? With, Without offending people, I guess, without making someone who's conservative feel as though they're lesser than. Um, but well, and because I, I don't think that that's necessarily the case. I mean, yeah, you do you, you do have that element of it, and I think we have that element too. Now, the debate is, I guess, you know, and when you look at some of the facts on who's more well read or who's more well educated, if that matters to you. I mean, I know the the right's done a great job of talking about how little an education matters, and but it should know, matter. It should yeah. yes. I mean, I'm pretty well fed up with people who say, man, the last book, I, that's how I always go to the Southern accent. Well, damn, boy. Um, there could be, there are certainly people in, in the North that might do the same, but I happen to be living here now. So, uh, you know, I haven't read a book since high school. Well, why the fuck haven't you read a book since high school? What is that to be proud of? And this is one of the things my English teacher brother, you know, just drives him out of his mind. His life has been teaching literature and he knows it's not for everybody, but God damn it. What is wrong with going back and reading some of America's classics, including Mark Twain, learning about the country? Why are you proud that you haven't read a book since high school? That has to be explained to me because I don't get it. I, I can't make an argument for that side of it either. I don't, I've never never understood the glamorization of like this Idiocy, redneck idi- culture or yeah, kind of this hillbilly culture of I'm dumb and I'm proud of it. I, you know, I, that, that's not a that's like saying I'm. Super fat, and you know I'm proud of it. <laughs> like, no, well, now you can't do that anymore, right? But yeah, I don't know. I mean, the up is still up, down is still down, and you know we still have to to, to be realistic. Look, it doesn't make you a smarter person because you're less well read. But again, that's not like look. We're we're speaking in generalization. Some of the smartest people I know are Republicans, and, and I'll say that on record. And you know, I definitely, definitely know some really, really dumb, passionate liberal voters. So I mean, it, it does go on both sides. It, I don't know any dumb liberals. Really, true no. story. Uh, I don't know. It's like Irishmen. <laughs> There's a lot of drunken Irishmen. There's a lot of lazy Irishmen. There's a lot of sloppy Irishmen. Uh, you know. Uh, Plenty of Republican Irishmen. But I don't, I don't know too many dumb Irishmen. Well, so there you go. I don't know. See, to me, liberalism is just more of a... So I think by dumb, you may be conflating two different things. Uh, they, they can be narrow. They can be um, provincial, right? If you, if you go into New York City, I don't think you're going to find a lot of dumb people, but you're going to find very provincial people who think that once they cross the Hudson River into New Jersey, they're in the country and they don't. I've, I've often said New York and Texas are similar in that they're completely dissimilar, except that people in New York think there's nothing but New York and people in Texas think there's nothing but Texas. So so they're comparable in, in that way. But um, I think um, so. What all right, explain what you mean by dumb liberals? Well, I guess when I say dumb, I mean uneducated and ignorant, but yet still passionate. 
And I found a lot of that with, uh, to me, with Trump voters, because so many of these people, and I could name examples to embarrass family members or people that I know, but a lot of people that had no interest in politics whatsoever. If you'd asked these family members in 2015, it's kind of, I don't know, whoever. But Trump was able to tap really, into his, tap well, into he, a, he motivated zeitgeist. Yeah, and that that to me is fascinating because it's people it who is. have no information it and is. no knowledge of politics. Well, that's what I just but said just before. like Trump, low information voters. Yes, sure. That's, and, and it's, I mean, I don't want to be an asshole here, but that is essentially the Fox News audience, Tristan. There is a lot of that. I'm not saying these people are stupid. I'm not, in any way. I don't. I don't mean to imply that or, or even an ignorance. But they're comfortable in their zone and they don't want to get out of that zone. And I don't think that's a charge you can make against liberals. Now, I understand that there are cultural issues upon which liberals don't do any negotiating and don't want to. And that's where you get into trouble. But as far as uneducated, ill-read liberals, you got to introduce me to those people. I don't really know who they are. And I'm not here defending liberals because there's a lot wrong with the left. And every day they seem to go further and they're very fine alienating these people here that we've become friends with in the middle part of America. And frankly, you grew up with. I mean, I moved here. So for me, it was a tad different. But um, that's a problem on the left. They don't give a fuck about flyover country. But I don't know about, you know, uneducated, ill Ill, ill-read liberals. I don't, I don't know where you're running into them so Well, much. if you, you know, you go to any high school in America and you're going to talk to a lot of kids who don't have any real-world experience okay. that think they're liberal. That's cool. Okay, I, so, I, could, I could dig that. All right, that's a good example. Okay, if you, I asked the question and you answered it. Right. I, I even, yes, okay, I know who those people are. And then, you know, and again, I, think, I guess I was thinking more of 50, 60 year old folks. Yeah. But maybe yeah, not young as much. kids who think that it's cool to, you know, save the planet. Be, and that's where the, the only thing they're thinking of and respect to that. That's what you should be thinking. But they have 17. no real knowledge of economics right. and saving the planet means that their family's going to be out of work and you got to stop driving your car and they don't think about the picture of what saving the planet is. Okay. Right. That's, I could dig that. Yeah. But again, I, I think there's, yeah, a lot of people who, Vote based on what they feel like instead of uh, doing a lot of research and learning what voting the way they vote means and and yes. really taking the time. And that's you know, there's a lot of people who need to get more information on both sides. I have a friend who picks on me all the time because I believe that people should walk into the voting place and yell out who it is that they're voting for. And of course, secrecy of the ballot and all of that. I, I get that. But the reason I say I that lose is, half my clients. Well, the reason <laughs> I, the reason I say that is because I think the reason people say, oh, go never, never is I would never want to vote that way is because they're deathly afraid that they would have to actually argue for why they voted the way they did. See, again, going to sound pretentious and elitist here. I can tell you in chapter and verse, and you'd probably roll your eyes and say, yes, we know, Ray, we've listened to you, <laughs> why I vote the way I do. I don't know what percentage of Americans, frankly, can do that. Is it 20? Is it 30? Is it 50? I hope it's 70, but I don't think so. God, I'd, I'd probably say somewhere in that 30 to 40 percent mark, yeah. if I had to guess. So that's the way I look at politics. I'm very passionate about it. I can definitely defend my views while being respectful of other views. And that's what I ask of my conservative friends. I just want you to be appreciative of what it is that's going on on the left and not just constantly beat it up as some kind of fucking devil, uh, satanic ritual that's going on. It's not a devil, satanic ritual. And I know you're sick of being told that you're narrow and backward and ill-read and uneducated as I just did, I guess, a few moments ago. But again, back to the whole genesis of this podcast, it was try, it was an attempt to try to bring those two disparate factions together because to me, they're getting more disparate every day. And again, we're in the midst of a pretty important election. So obviously it's a little more top of mind right now, but um, I don't, you know, I don't know how you bring those groups together when one side thinks they're, you know, killing babies, hiding them in caves and 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 drinking their blood. And the other side thinks they're just fucking backward and there's absolutely no hope for them because they're living in the 1500s, not even the 1900s. When again, you have to hope, which is my hope, that there's more people that know better than that on both sides. The more people that realize we're dealing with humanity 
and people that all, you know, have the same general wants and needs, safe days work and to provide for their family, food to eat, roof over their head, et cetera, instead of my, I'm so smart and these people are so stupid. And there's plenty of that on both sides. But when you talk about how it's the fault of the media, um, not exclusively, I blame no, social media No, not exclusively, but to the degree it, it is the fault of the media, it's kind of the chicken and the egg argument. It's, it's sort of Shakespeare's the fault lies not within our stars, but within ourselves. If there wasn't an audience for this, then Fox wouldn't exist and MSNBC wouldn't exist, right? No, you, yeah, there's definitely people that love it and eat it up. And, you know, I've been saying since our first podcast that, you know, probably in 10 years, if things don't change, we'll have to go to the, the liberal car dealership and the Republican steakhouse because it's going to be so divided that everything is just going to be looked at with a microscope of who the owner votes for. But uh, I was talking to a buddy the other day, and this is an absolutely true story. Uh, and I'll read this uh, off a message he sent me. A buddy from back home. I'm from uh, rural Virginia. And uh, he said that his grandma was telling him, you know, again, somebody that probably doesn't, you know, follow both sides of politics strongly and try to find a, you know, a neutral conclusion on their own was told my friend, I'll say his name, Keith, that uh, that before you're allowed to vote Democrat, you are required to film yourself torturing children. Before you're allowed to vote Democrat. And this is some of the stuff that these sweet little old people that have spent their lives baking pies and going to church believe that's a real thing. Yeah, that's where does insane. that stem from? You know, I, I think a, a lot of social media stuff and then social media turns into a rumor. One person telling something, QAnon. It's uh, it's it's wild out there. And, and especially, you know, a lot of the reason these scams work online with old people is they're just... Not not to be oldest or, or whatever that is, but look, there's a lot of elderly folks that aren't as savvy on computers as young people. As a 42-year-old, I'm not as savvy as most of the 25-year-olds I know. So it just goes to, to make sense that a 75 and an 80-year-old is going to be, you know, obviously even less capable online than me. But it, it's fascinating how some of this stuff travels that they think this this party, now you have to torture fucking children. But don't, isn't there some party that has to be preordained to believe that? So it's been a whole, it's been a whole movement towards just, uh, you know, these Hollywood elitists and these left coast pointy headed liberals just want nothing but, um, a complete change to America. There, there, there's nothing good that they represent. They're trying to, you know, change everything, make America great again, go back to days before these lefties had their way. And so now it just, so, so you've bought into that. So now you can take it to the next step of this crazy nonsense. Like you just read. I, I mean, I guess, you know, you, you've hit, you've been hit with so many body blows. If you're on the right to soften up your midsection, now they're just going for the knockout punch, you know? Um, yeah. One of the fascinating things that, uh, Bill Maher often says, and we reference him a lot because he's sort of, he's a lefty, but he's in the middle. He, as far as liberals are pragmatist, he is a pragmatist. I I would agree with that. So one of the things that uh, Bill Maher will say, and, and it makes sense to me that like, once you buy into a virgin birth, once you believe, you know, the very specifics of a heaven and a hell, you know, and a man with pointy horns that's watching from below and, you know, Jesus and angels, you're, you kind of are preordained to believe things that aren't tangible. Whereas I feel like to be a pragmatic or pragmatist, you're going to be very skeptical of things that, that aren't tangible, that you can't see and feel and taste. So, I mean, it might be easier for somebody that believes there's an Armageddon coming and an apocalypse and Jesus is going to come back and save everybody to believe this you know, that liberals are possessed by the devil or, or whatever. So again, and I, I don't want to, well, that's really interesting I, because that divide would be um, very instrumental in what we're talking about. You know, we often look at it as a political divide, but it's just as much a cultural divide. And America is becoming much less a religious country. Um, and that's provable. I think, um, you know, which more likes to take credit for because he is a, pretty devout atheist if that's not a mixing of metaphors um, <laughs> but he will tell you that he's been on the right side of two issues one is the marijuana issue which he's been an advocate of and readily admits to his own use of cannabis and now 
half the states have legalized it or de- decriminalized it. And if you polled Americans in 1975, I would think maybe 8%, probably not even double figures of Americans would have said that they were without religion. And now, Tristan, it's as much as 40. Wow. Yeah, but that's not in the pockets where you're talking about where that grandma sure. read that about, you're exactly right. uh, about, you know, Democrats, is it? No, no, that's deep. That's you can't go to the convenience store and buy a six pack of beer without, you know, being alienated from your from your town type of an area. Or at least when I grew up there, that, you know, would have would have been the situation. And again, I don't want to shit on my my people who have faith by any means and good for them. I I wish often that I was able to have more faith. But it, it, it is tougher, I think, to separate when you're open to. This thinking that does involve a lot of believing in things you can't see, it's much easier to believe in other things you can't see. That's interesting. And and that is a very fair point. Um, but here again, you sound like an elitist, pretentious prick who's telling people that, you know, their entire worldview is wrong and their entire worldview, which is driven by their faith and their belief in a higher power and things that they can't see lends itself to buying all this fucking nonsense about Democrats, um, which is a really interesting take on it. And there's certainly some, I would say there's certainly some truth to that. Yeah. And I think if we're all talking and thinking completely logically, look, you know, there's not a pizza place where people are molesting kids, you know, and having satanic cabals. But again, I also don't want to do the thing that I blame the other side for as well, which is take a very small group of people that believe that stuff. But again, I think the problem is, is that it does feel like those beliefs are becoming more mainstream when you hear a lot of normal, I'm making air quotes, normal grandmas and grandpas that are coming to whisper to you about how, you know, Satan's taking over. I I saw another one online. Somebody had posted about their dad was telling their daughter, look, we got to get three weeks of groceries because the civil war is coming and the Democrats are going to blame it on the MAGA Republicans, but it's all fake. And, and just all just so much insanity, you know, and people are believing it. I mean, it's the same people that told you, told their kids 15 years ago, don't believe anything you read online. Now it's everything that American Eagle dot Trump says is 100% true. And we've got to believe it. It's, it's scary, but it also makes it almost impossible to find that commonsensical middle ground with those folks without sounding like you're dissing their faith, you're dissing their religion, or you're just generally picking on them. Right. Or like I said, that you're just being an elitist. Like you don't understand. This is the, you know, where the rubber meets the road. This is the real world. Stop giving me that Hollywood and New York bullshit. But I think you can go back a really long time. And, you know, obviously we break all those rules here on extreme common sense. But look, I remember being a kid in the mid eighties and the rule was you don't talk about religion and you don't talk about politics. And I think if people were able to do that on Facebook and Twitter and, you know, you're a lot of these imaginary problems are going to go away. Well, st- but I don't think they are imaginary, you know, obviously that kind of craziness, but I think you got to go back to <laughs> the sixties, right? The hippies who changed everything and, and look at, uh, I, I've said this a hundred times, so I'll say it 101, you know, I was born in 1960. I'm 62 years old. If you start in the year of my birth, not because it's the year of my birth, just because it was such a seminal year in that the fifties didn't look like the sixties. Kennedy was elected in 1960, which at the time was the new face. I mean, if John F. Kennedy were alive now, I guess he'd be over a hundred. Um, he would be over a hundred, but, uh, uh, it was a pretty seminal year in that if you go forward the 62 years from that year, a lot of things changed as most of them being rights for folks, right? Civil rights, women's rights, workers' rights, um, homosexuals' rights, transgender rights. And maybe Tristan people are just god awful tired. And so that was Trump's appeal. Make America great again. We're tired of all this, but how it became, and I would be okay having that, discussion i don't wouldn't agree with much um and and, hey maybe that's it maybe i just stumbled upon something maybe they can't really make arguments against why brown and black people should have rights why women should have rights why homosexuals should have rights even transgender folks Uh, abortion is a tough issue to fight because it's so so maybe the easier thing to do is just say oh you know these people are just they're hiding 
kids in caves to, 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 to sort of, to sort of, um, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Take away any credit to the argument. There's a word that's not coming to me because they can't really validate. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they, you know, the validation is in making them out to be crazy rather in the, rather than in the views that they have because the views that they have liberals are pretty common sense. There's nothing wrong with treating people with respect and granting them rights. But if you can just shit on the entire movement, invalidate the entire movement, then maybe that's how you can gain uh, an upper hand and go back. But as you said before, they're not going back. There is no going back. So I don't know, you know. Yeah, and winning elections isn't going to make the gay person or the transgender person that, uh, you know, works at your barbershop going to go away. So yeah, again, it doesn't matter politically at this point. Again, the cat's out of the bag with, you know, black folks and white folks are going to marry each other. Um, you know, homosexuals are going to be together, whether you want them to be or not, you know, of all races and creeds and religions. So again, abortions going to happen. Yeah. Abortions are going to happen, be it with coat hangers or other, or, you know, traveling out of the whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think it's just a matter of, so of accepting that- society more. More so than right. my vote's going to make it go back in time. So, do you think then that lends itself to we'll just try and um, we'll we'll just try and say the most outlandish things about the other side in an effort to just discredit everything that they're about? Well, yeah, I mean, I think there's certainly a group of folks that that type of craziness appeals to. And look, I don't think yeah. I'm better or smarter than anybody. That's that's not who I am or who I've ever been. But look, there's. If you believe that people are, you know, drinking the blood of children, of children to stay young or some of these crazy Indiana Jones movie plots, like, look. Then it's easy to discount everything they're about. Yeah. yeah. No, if that, you, that, yeah, was, if that was what I was to, trying to sure. say. Yeah. In, you, a, in a very can. clumsy way. That's what I was trying to say. Right. Yeah. So maybe that's where we're at. You just discount everything that they're about by saying this, this crazy nonsense, but they're not. <laughs> Just the audience for it is. I just wish it was like, it's hard to believe. I felt like the QAnon stuff and some of this craziness, like, you know, three or four years ago, we would have been talking about this. And it's like, yeah, but it's two or three percent of the Republican Party. Now it feels like like 10 or 15 percent. That's the danger. Right. It's becoming a pretty big movement of people that believe things that are physically impossible. There was thousands of people that thought John F. Kennedy Jr. was coming back from the dead and were literally at Dealey Plaza. Waiting for his arrival. They believe this. Like, look, there's no amount of common sense. So we can't even, we're not even talking to those people. There's not enough good conversations to help anybody that thought somebody was coming back from the dead to run with Donald Trump in the, in the last election. That's just, give me a, give me a fucking break. Right? Like those people are unreachable. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, and so. If they're, if they're able to make those arguments, then how difficult is it to make the case that democracy isn't working and it may be time to, it may be time to turn towards more of an authoritarian, uh, feel because democracy has given us nothing over the past 60 years, but the desire to, shit on everything we believe in. So fuck it. Let's get a benevolent dictator who believes as we do. And we'll take our chances with that kind of a system because democracy is no longer delivering for us. It was fine when it was delivering (laughs) for white Christian America, but now it's given us far too much rights for the other. And I'd rather go back to an authoritarian way that doesn't care as much about the other. Yeah. That's the scary thing, right? I, you know, I once enough people or, uh, you know, I don't even know what that number would be. I mean, it doesn't take a majority necessarily to flip a government like that. It just takes just enough people in the right positions of power. And see here again, Tristan, I would say much like with Trump, it's really not up to people on the left. Although my brother would say, you know, that's really not the case uh, the old, uh, you know, evil is not doing bad things. Evil is standing by why bad while bad people do bad things and not saying anything. But uh, isn't it up to Republicans, the, the rational Republicans that you and I both know, to, to, to point 
these people out. And, and, and in the same way, I guess, that you and I have tried to do that and maybe aren't quite as successful with the left by pointing out where they go too far, where they're over the top, where they're so narrow in their view, the dumb kid who puts the environment above everything and has no idea the economics behind it. We try and point that out. But there have to be, you know, rational Republicans who say these people on the far right are fucking insane. We can't let them take over our party. But to the point you just made before, the the crazies in the Republican Party seem to be growing, not diminishing. Right. And I think that's what you're seeing in the case. I mean, you look at a Liz Cheney. Warm in here. Oh, it's a little warm. Yeah. Or either that or I'm coming down with the flu. Do, Could, I look, do I look a little red? Man, I hope not. My throat's been a little sore, so I hope we're, you didn't just jinx us both. I actually feel shitty, but my uh, bad. No, that's but a, yeah, Liz Cheney is looked at as a whack job. Yeah, not a whack job, to, but she's to that base that she's yeah, she looks like she's voted with Trump ninety three percent of the time, but to a certain base, she looks like she's you know out a of Democrat, touch, out of the mainstream, which is crazy. So, and then that's what you're going to run into now. All these people to uh, to win their primaries are going to have to out crazy each other, and those people are going to get elected, and you're going to have more you know. People way less like Liz Cheney or Tim Ryan or John Kasich and more people like Donald Trump, which and is Carrie scary. Lake in Arizona, who Man. looks like she's going to win the governorship. Yeah. And has said just some outlandish nonsense. Now, right. I suppose in Arizona, it is a little different because they are at the forefront to whatever degree the border is porous. Arizonans see it first and foremost. So there's obviously an audience there. And I get that. And, you know, so there are certain places should should the Biden administration be doing more on the border? Yeah, probably so. Should they be addressing it more? Yeah, I, I would think that they should. Um, you know, there's certainly more issues than that where you can find fault with with Democrats. Um, but it just seems so prominent right now with QAnon. I'm not exactly sure. I guess I guess environmental wackos would be to the left what QAnon is to the right. But I'm not sure if that comparison really works. I don't think that holds up either. And yeah. again, I, a lot of the stuff I say is you know, party serving or self-serving. And I really do not want to do that. But I think it is quite a bit different to to think that the people on the other side have to make videos torturing babies before they're allowed to vote Democrat versus somebody that very passionately doesn't want you to build a pipeline. You know, th- yeah. that's two pretty different things. It seems to be. And so, and, and you're right. I, I think it just comes down to the people that know better on the right, the Liz Cheney's, the Tim Ryan's, John Kasich's of the world to say, and I think they have, but I don't know that enough people are kind of agreeing with them and, and kind of taking that mantle. It feels like well, there's more an appeasement of Trump going on. Yes, there may be people, but they're they're quiet. Or you have people like their Lincoln Project guys who step back and then they just really shit on on their former party. And that doesn't necessarily do anything but piss people off further. So. Right. Well, and th- this is pretty nice since we're on the sort of good Republican train. Um, so did you happen to see the Liz Cheney interview this Sunday morning? On, uh, uh, I meet, saw some meet the press yeah, with Chuck Todd. I, I watch it almost every week. I missed it this week, but I saw some clips from it. So this is one thing that gave me a lot of peace. Uh, uh, you may agree, you may disagree. One of the things Liz Cheney was saying, part of her interview was, is that she was going to literally do everything in her power to make sure that a normal Republican was going to run for president. Now, did that mean she would throw her hat in the ring? Possibly. But one of the questions Chuck asked her, which I liked, was, well, if he's going to get the nomination, would you run as a third party candidate, thereby, you know, taking all the kind of non crazy Republicans? Right. Which would easily shift the election over to a Democrat. And she was like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to make sure Donald Trump's not elected. And I thought, man, that's pretty nice because that would essentially do what Ross Perot did to to Bush Sr. and push Clinton over. And Ralph Nader to to, to Gore in 2000. Everybody forgets Ralph Nader got 3% and 2.5%. And that's all that was needed. That was all largely taken from Republicans. I'm sorry, from Democrats because Mar used to beat up Nader. Like, Ralph, why are you doing this even before the election? You know, Nader's a guy you couldn't tell anything to. But there are people speculating that if Trump runs, and again, speculating being the operative word, that it could, it it could really, if not just simply fracture, almost put an end to the modern Republican party that you would have some other party. And, you know, uh, political parties do end. Um, just like democracies end, you know, for a long time there were there were Whigs in, in, in the United States and they ended, I guess, with 
Jackson or maybe a little later in the 1850s, the Whig Party, but they were a political party for 70 years in America and they're gone on the ash heap of history. So I'm not saying the modern day Republican Party is heading for an end, the GOP, but, you know, they're certainly fighting their battles. Yeah, that's true. I I think it'll be interesting to see what goes first, uh, one of the parties or the democracy itself. So hopefully not in uh, not in our lifetimes, but it's definitely worth watching right now. It does feel like there's a lot of uh, it feels like that's not all complete bullshit to worry about the democracy after January 6th. Well, you look at that Senate Ohio race where you had played a clip for me that Tim Ryan had in the lone debate that he and J.D. Vance had. And Ryan really took it to Vance by saying that he had at one time referred to Trump, J.D. Vance had, as America's Hitler, which you can find the tape of that. I mean, J.D. Vance was a somewhat progressive person who split his time between Appalachian, Kentucky, and Ohio. And he wrote that book called Hillbilly Elegy, which I read at at Tommy's or at my brother's urging. And it was well-written. It was a real good look at how drugs had hollowed out, you know, the folks he loved. And um, it it was pretty common. It was pretty common sense. Some some people on the left thought that, you know, it wasn't particularly fair that it was... But at any rate, I thought it it was a pretty even-minded, pragmatic look at where Appalachia found itself. But he sort of begged off all of that pragmatism and just became a full-on Trump supporter. And it's interesting because he's not alone in that. Um, And so obviously there's something for J.D. Vance in doing that. He could wind up senator from Ohio, even though it seems to me a little disingenuous because five years ago you were calling Trump America's Hitler. Well, and, you know, you and I were raised in a time when shit like that would get you unelected. You'd lose by 20 points. And now it's like, oh, you flip flopped on literally the biggest topic that you could flip flop on. Well, as long as we like where you're going, you're you're in the club. Well, I mean, Ted Cruz said it when he was asked about Herschel Walker. I want to see every Republican who's running get elected. So what does that tell you? We really don't care about anything. Their morality, their uh, their background, what they've done, their criminal record. I don't know what it would take. I don't know what it would take for them to say, yeah, you better not vote for this guy. You, you got to vote for someone else. Yeah. And, and to your point, I don't know if this is a Democrat thing, although you and I both typically vote Democrat. If somebody that we liked in this local election coming up in uh, two weeks happened to find out today that the man was a pedophile, we would not vote for that man. That's we correct. would not. If he was a rapist, if he uh, was a spousal abuser, we would not vote for that if man. If he fathered four illegitimate children. Right. If he if was very pro-abortion and I don't know, that's a bad, like if he no. was a Republican and he'd had abortions after saying no, you know, that would be a deal breaker. That's for cause me. for at least saying, ah, but it's so <laughs> polarized now. And the other side is so bad because no matter how bad my Republican guy is, you know, that Democrats worse. Democrats Why? worse. Why? Yeah. Because he's a Democrat. Yeah, he's got that D. That's the answer. Real quick, funny story. Well, I don't say funny. I'm telling it. But this is a true story. I've got a client, wonderful guy. I've uh, worked with him shit for 17 years at Wallingford since I've been up there off and on. He has an auction company. Super good guy. Decided to run for uh, one of the judge seats. You probably know exactly what I'm talking about. And did no idea that he was a Democrat, but he's running as a Democrat in this election. And in the very beginning of the election, really way before it all got started, I said, you know, I did not know you were a Democrat. I said, it's really going to, you know, going to be hard in this county to get elected as a, as a Democrat. He goes, oh, I don't think people care about that. And I, I said, really? He said, no, I think, you know, if you get the right message out and you talk to the right people and you, you know, you get the, the, the right advertising, et cetera, it doesn't matter. And it, it was funny because that, that's probably about three months ago. And I was talking to him about his last, last minute radio buy. And this has been a, a week ago. And I was like, so how's everything looking? He goes, man, it's, gonna, it's really going to be hard to overcome the D. Oh, no shit. And so he had sort of realized that I said, yeah, you know, I didn't say I told you so. But there's a lot of people that no matter how good of a job you could do and how crappy the guy with the R next to his name is. That's a lot to overcome in did, a rural area. Did he recall your prior conversation? I didn't Probably bring it up. Not, yeah. I didn't bring it up to That's ask. That's too funny, Tristan. Yeah. How about that? 
it's really going to be hard to overcome the D. Yeah. God, it shouldn't be that way. Well, somehow, again, we killed an hour. And I actually do feel like shit. I hope I'm not getting the flu. Fuck, I so, do too, man. After I, we've sitten in this fucked room for an hour. I, I may Thanks, be, Ray. I may be heading home to bed. I'm, I'm sore. I feel crappy. Oh, my God. You have just given me the flu. You know, um, Son of a did bitch. I tell you, Lucas's kid has the flu? No. He, Why he, are you doing this? He, well, I'm just telling you. Oh, he texted God. me about 9.30 this morning and said, hey, is it okay if man, I take the I day? now I feel sweaty and hot. I feel like crap. Oh, Jesus. Jesus Christ. Well, you got the shot, didn't you? No, I'm getting it tomorrow. I've got a doctor's oh, no woman tomorrow. I, you know, with my heart issues and so forth, I should probably get it. I've never gotten a flu shot. Maybe too late now. Well, it feels like it. Thanks, man. I'll mm-hmm. go. But yes, Lucas is out today. His, his uh, oldest son was diagnosed with the flu. They took him to the uh, doc today. And uh, apparently they're saying that this particular flu season is going to be virulent. Yeah, apparently. Um, you, one of the things I always hate is with people in the flu and they're like, oh, I may have had it. I don't know. If you have the flu, you fucking know it. The flu is really bad. Like the flu is not a cold. The flu is the flu. It's a lot. I've never had a flu that was mild. Well, I feel pretty crappy, man. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get out of here. You've obviously... Typhoid married me today. So um do you wanna do you wanna do a, a joke before oh, I go home and, yeah. and well here, hang on. Uh usually flu. Usually self diagnosis, uh self diagnosable symptoms include fever chills, muscle aches. All right, wait, wait, let's go. Fever, possibly. Don't have chills. Muscle aches, check. Congestion, eh. headaches, check. Fatigue, check. Uh, uh people may experience pain in the muscles, a cough. Whole body chills, dehydration, fatigue, fever, flushing. What is flushing? Oh, red face. Am I red faced? No. Okay. Loss of appetite. No, no, I haven't done that. I may hit buckies on the way home. Flu or no flu, that brisket's pretty effing Can we do a Riverside Joe the next time before you cause (laughs) me to miss a week's work? You know, it's funny. I was going to call you today because it started getting real busy at work, and I wasn't sure if I could get out of there. I was going to say, do you want to do a Riverside show? Yeah. Um, Sore throat, swollen lymph nodes, nauseousness, shortness of breath. So there's your flu symptoms. Good times. You want to know when you should see a doctor? If your fever's above 100. So I'm going to go home and take my... I still have a rectal thermometer. (laughs) It's a lot of fun. That's just for fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. All right. So this came up the other day. I think this is one of my dad's, but it was only after he was pretty well in the cups, in his cups, would he tell this joke. But we were talking at work, and it just popped in my head because we were talking something about layoffs or whatever. And this older guy, Cliff, worked. Now, now if so, so you know, Tristan's got his shirt up over his nose. That's a true story. That's not an exaggeration. But it came up. Cliff's a, he's an older guy who works for us. He's a good guy. He's a little bit square. And I don't even know if he got this joke, but I said, he was talking about layoffs or something. I said, Cliff, I once knew a guy who was a pretty successful with a business and he was successful enough that it was time to hire some people. And oddly, he hired two people, a female named Jill and a fella named Jack. And when the company hit upon hard times, my friend didn't know whether to lay Jill or Jack off. <laughs> and he kind of looked at me and then I sort of, he goes, oh, that's pretty funny. Then he nice. said, oh, it's really funny. I'm going to retell it. Well, you got to get it before you retell that, it. That's true. Yeah. Didn't know whether to lay Jill or Jack <laughs> off. Not bad, right? That's and that's brought to you good. by Daniel right here at Bad Wolf Gaming. Yeah. Very nice. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate you, man. 7-Eleven Short Street. Seven, le- uh, seven lemon chestnut, chestnut street there yeah. you go seven lemon chestnut street. Nice. See, i'm delusional <laughs> I, did, I did throw together a top 10 list this week because i didn't realize i would be in here fucking at ground zero With typhoid mary typh- typhoid I COVID flu. I'm, I'm a bit of a hypochondriac oh so man well think, i think horses so. not zebras thanks yeah so um this is a top 10 a top 10 brought to you by uh Let's see. You that was for Dan. This is for uh, uh, Bria Pond. Wow, well, you haven't done top ten in a while. Okay, yeah, I've cool. done one in a while. So here's a little top ten. Um, no yeah, five star reviews this week. No, well, I, I don't think in. we even got any. Oh, Nobody okay. wrote in. So please right. give us some five star reviews so I can read those as well on the show. Uh, top ten things Kanye West has t- <laughs> tweeted about people. Yee, please, yee, yay. Oh, is that yay, what it is? Yay, yay, yeah. Besides the Aren't Jews. they Yeezys? Yeezys and Yeezys. I wouldn't even be able to identify. Yeah, them. I've got a few pair. Jesus Christ! And what do you? What they cost you? Ah, uh, a few hundred bucks. Oh, shit. All right. So anyway, people know what he said. Like he said a lot of anti-Semitic shit this week, which is 
kind of tough because I also like freedom of speech, but I don't like, and I also love the ability of all these businesses to say, fuck you, we're not going to stick with you. And Adidas really had to go because they're a German business. You really can't be associated as a German business. I thought they were French. But then you, no, German. Huh. So anyway. And you're half Jewish. And I'm, yes, which makes it very personal to me. So right. anyway, Kanye West said some pretty awful, uh, awful shit. Uh, yeah. Anti-Semitic stuff this week. So people don't realize he said a lot of other sh- tweeted about a lot of other groups of people besides the oh, Jews. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I'm going to read the okay. list of some of the other things he's he's uh, tweeted. Um, actually said, I'm going to go. What do you say about the Jews? I'm going to go DEFCON 3 on the Jews. Yeah. Which is also dumb because it's DEFCON, right? Like Defcon. it's a military term, DEFCON. Right. And he was so stupid he thought it was DEFCON. Yeah, I cannot figure out if that man is brilliant or a complete idiot. Little of both. Mm, yeah. He's good at music, good at shoes, fucking awful at life. So, okay. <laughs> Top 10 things Kanye West has tweeted about people besides ye, the ye, Jews. Yay, 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 West. Yeah. F, yay. No. Number 10, I'm going to go Conor McGregor on the cast of Magic Mike. Hmm. So hates the cast of Magic Mike. Number nine, I'm going to go Karate Kid on Albinos. Wow. We don't hear much about Albinos you anymore. You don't. Kanye no. West very mad at them in 1998. Mm. Uh, number eight, I'm going to lose my shit on Scientologists. Uh, yeah. Number seven, I'm going to go nuclear on Dave Coulier. A, a full House, America's oh, Funniest People. Yeah, yeah. Really yeah. hated Dave Coulier for yeah. a while. Number six, I'm going to go Death Con 2 on the Cleveland Guardians. Because they didn't like the name change. Used to be the Indians. Yes. Number five, I'm going to go Mad Max on Cubans. Mm. Not Mark Cuban on Cuban people. Yeah. Number four, I'm going to go Chuck Norris on cancer survivors. Wow. Oh, what did cancer survivors ever no. do? Number three, I'm going to go full metal jacket on the Munsters. Yeah. Well, topical. It's Halloween. Number two, I'm going to go ape shit on the cast of This Is Us. What did Mandy Moore ever do to him? And the number one thing Kanye West tweeted about people besides the Jews, I'm going to go Hitler on all my business connections. Because they... Have all dropped him now. Pretty nasty. He went from being a billionaire to now not a billionaire. Is that right? Yeah, lost six hundred plus million dollars in the last week. So that's what the yay is, Kanye. He wants to drop the Kanye. Exactly. Wants to drop the Kanye. Yay. So yay West. Okay. Yeah. So thanks to our sponsors, he dropped out of the billionaire status. Yeah, when he went from like over a billion to four hundred million. Now, wonder if that'll catch his attention. Lose any sleep to be a four hundred millionaire? But you know, that's a lot of fucking money to lose. I'm a thousandaire. Really? Can I borrow a few bucks? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a hundred air. Yeah. All right, cool. brother. We did it again somehow, some way. Thank you to our two listeners. 40. 42. 40 plus, man. Okay. 40, 40 plus. plus. Right, that's cool. Yeah. And um, uh, Daniel, Bad Wolf Gaming, Aaron, Bria Pond. Nate at Stoveleg, and of course, Troy, our man, the myth, the legend. Troy Front Porch Good luck, Studios. Troy, and I'm sure I'll be struggling tomorrow morning to send this file to you, so just bear with me. Yeah, I like it. I'm going to go get some fucking fresh air. Thanks. And Ray. some Theraflu. And some Theraflu indeed. Have a good week, Tris. Take care, man. Bye. See ya. Thanks for listening to Extreme Common Sense with Tristan and Ray. We hope you had fun and look forward to taking on another topic next week.